This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. It's really tough. It is really scary to put yourself out there. It is really scary to say like, this is something that happened to me. This is something that impacted me. This is something that I struggled with. But at the end of the day, I know that doing so is going to make somebody feel better. And and that's the thing is like, if it positively impacts one person or makes one person's day or one person's struggle a little less painful, then like it is absolutely so worth it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barvu. I am super excited to be here on the mic with you. Today's been a bit of a rough day, not going to lie. So having this time to just take to record an intro and to talk to you guys is really nice. And today's episode is one of my favorites. I feel like I say that every time, and I know that I say that every time, but it really is a really good one. I know that there are a ton of dating podcasts out there and there are so many podcasts that talk about dating and relationships and advice and all of this stuff. And I've I've never really had an episode like that on my podcast. Like I've never had a full dedicated episode to dating advice with bringing a guest on. So I'm very, very excited about that. And if you don't know, I am in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for three years now. And we've been long distance almost the entire time, except in September, Keon actually moved to Florida. Keon has been living in Florida since September, so we are officially no longer long distance. We don't live together, but we are in the same area of South Florida, so we are pretty close to each other, a lot closer than we were before. We've done the Oklahoma City to Charlotte, North Carolina distance. We've done Charlotte, North Carolina to Boston. We've done New York City to Boston. We did Miami to Boston, and now we are finally both in South Florida. So it has been so, so, so nice having him here and not being long distance. He actually went out of town for like two weeks and it felt like we were doing long distance all over again. I was like, wait, how did we do this? Like, what the heck? This sucks. So it's interesting now, like we've gotten so used to being together all the time that it's so much harder when either of us goes on vacation or when either of us goes out of town. It's like, wait, no, come back. (laughs) And so it's just been super nice. And I feel like a lot of people have asked if it's been an adjustment, him like living in the same place as me and not doing long distance anymore. And I honestly don't think it's been that big of an adjustment. I feel like I adjust to things very easily, but for some reason, like this was just not an adjustment at all. It was like one day we were long distance and the next day we weren't and nothing big change like of course it's an adjustment and we're spending more time together and we're doing the more like mundane tasks together like oh look he'll come grocery shopping with me or like we can do laundry together you know things like that but it's not that big of an adjustment like oh my god I didn't know this about him we're also not living together so I do think that that's something else like I feel like that might be an adjustment but just moving to the same place has not been the biggest adjustment and it's been so so fun and I'm just so much happier now that we're living in the same place. And like, I've really, really grown to love Florida. I think Florida is one of my favorite places and it's my favorite place that I've lived so far. And I just never thought that I would say that. Like if you told me last year 
that I would be one living in Florida and two saying it was one of my favorite places. I just don't think I would have believed you. And it's been nice just getting into a routine here, settling here and making friends here. Like today I'm actually doing a Friendsgiving and uh, I have some girlfriends coming and their boyfriends are also coming and we're doing a Friendsgiving together. So things like that, it's just been really, really, really nice. So that's been great. And I don't know, it's just been so much fun. So like I was saying, I am in a committed relationship, as you can tell. Um, (laughs) I think we're pretty committed, but I do love hearing dating stories. And I love like hearing about, I, I even like listening to like dating podcasts. Like even though I am like not single, I'm not going on dates besides obviously with Keon, I still like really, really enjoy dating podcasts. There's just something like funny about them and something that I just like listening to. And there are some very unique people out there. I mean, there are, there are some very interesting ones. My friends have told me some insane dating stories that I'm like, no way. Like I will shout out my friend Tasha. This is kind of a friend of a friend story, but Tasha has had some really funny dating stories. I need to have her on for an episode of that. But also one of her friends, she's posted this on her story before. And I think on TikTok, her friend like matched with a guy on Hinge and then decided to like say like, Hey, I just want to be friends. Like they didn't vibe well together. And then he sent her a rap voice memo, you know, like I just, what, what tells you to do that? What, what about it tells you to do that? (laughs) You know, things like that. I would love to hear your dating stories. So let us know on the Instagram, but I'm the sort of person that I, I feel like I'm so bad at dating. Like I don't like playing games. If I'm interested, I will let you know. I'm not sitting here being like, oh, do I text back in an hour? If he texted back in like 30 minutes, like, no, no, no. If I get a text and I'm available, I'll respond. You'll know that I like you. Like, I feel like it'll be pretty obvious if I like you and if I'm interested. And honestly, I'll probably tell you. And then I'll be like, so what do you feel about me? Like, I'm just a very, very upfront person like that. But dating is really tough. And there are many, many apps and single events out there. And I know that it can get very overwhelming, which is why I brought the one and only Ilana Dunn on the podcast to chat all things dating related. This is a first for the real real. Like I said, we usually don't have these types of guests on the podcast. So I was just so excited to hear some of her dating stories and advice. And she doesn't consider herself an expert, but rather someone you can relate to as you venture out in the world of dating. She's been on a lot of dates and isn't afraid to be totally honest about her experiences. And she actually began her career at Hinge as a content creator. And little did she know she would have to get in front of the camera and talk about her dating life for her job. I also like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that's so awkward that like your boss would see your dating chronicles, you know? Like, I don't know if I would feel comfortable about that, (laughs) but I, I just can't imagine. But as scary as that was, it was the catalyst of her own journey to becoming an entrepreneur. And now she hosts her own successful podcast, which is called Seeing Other People. Trust me, you definitely want to check it out. It is hilarious and it is so relatable. And if you are single or not, you would still love it. She's actually in a relationship now too. So, you know, it it's relatable for everyone out there, but you'll love hearing her dating stories and also about her current relationship status. So on today's episode, we're going to be diving into dating do's and don'ts, how to create an online profile that stands out, some hot takes on dating rules and how to stop playing those dating games and the ups and downs of starting a business based on vulnerability. I know that you guys are going to love this. I want to hear your crazy dating stories. Please, please share them to me. They are my source of entertainment. It's boring for me out here. I don't have any crazy stories. So without further ado, let's just enjoy this episode with Ilana. 
Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm super excited for this episode. I am so excited to be here. And I'm also excited to ask you some really annoying questions about Bambino because (laughs) I just got a puppy and I have not slept in weeks. (laughs) Oh, wait, what dog did you get? Um, His name is Barkley. He is a Shih Tzu Bichon mix and he's a little fluff ball of love, but he is a devil at night. Oh yeah. Puppies are so hard. Like 
It is, I, I mean, I've never had a child, but I feel like it's just as hard as a newborn baby. Yes, exactly. Agreed. But <laughs> it could be even harder because they actually run around and like can escape. Like newborns yes. can't walk there. <laughs> no, my dog literally jumped out of its, like he learned to jump out of his pen. And so I got a bigger pen and I set it up yesterday and he somehow learned how to open the door within yeah. an hour. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's tough. How old is he? Four and a half months. Yeah. It got easier for Bambino when he was like eight months. I'm going to say like it got, (laughs) Oh boy, I'm screwed (laughs) now though. So he was born in November. So he's almost a year old and he's like, I mean, super hyper, but he's not like an issue. So yeah, yeah, it it gets, it gets a lot better. It gets (laughs) all right. And in 2022, I'll start sleeping again. (laughs) Yeah. No, the sleep should, should get better in a few weeks, but like how often you have to keep an eye on him might last a little longer. Yeah. (laughs) Motherhood. Yep. Essentially. But before we get into the topics of today's episode, I always start with setting the record straight. So this is some stereotypes, some assumptions, and then you'll let me know true or false and your thoughts. But the first one is that hookup culture can be toxic. Oh my God. 100% true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like there's a fine line between like, yes, doing whatever you want. But then there's also like some people I think can't handle just hooking up and like, it can be so incredibly toxic when you are that person that can't handle it, but you're like involved in it. Yeah. And I think more often than not, it's the people who can't handle it, who are trying to convince themselves like, okay, I'm going to do this because then I'll stop being attached. I'll stop like needing commitment. It'll teach me how to be more casual and more chill, but like, no. And you're just, you just end up hurting yourself from forcing yourself into this situation that you don't belong in. Right. And I think there's some like shame in not being a part of it. You know, it's like, oh, like just do it. Like it doesn't matter. You know, like everyone else is and like everything on TV, reality TV, like your friends, if you're in college, but like you don't have to participate. Like it's not a requirement. No, (laughs) definitely not. Yeah. And the next one is that once a cheater, always a cheater. Okay. So I just recorded and released an episode about cheating. And this was like the the whole question. And I think, no, I, I do think like once a cheater, not always a cheater, but you have to do your research. You have to ask a lot of questions. If you are dating somebody who has expressed that they've cheated before, like you have to really get to know the situation, how it impacted them, how they've changed. Um, Cause there are a lot of people who continue to cheat and think they will always get away with it. And it's unfortunately a bad habit that they've developed, but there are also people who made a mistake and have learned from it. Yeah. That's where I am. I feel like a lot of times it's true. Like people do continuously cheat, but I do think that sometimes it's like a, just like you said, like a mistake and they feel really bad and they don't ever want to do it again. And I'm not saying it was right what they did, but I don't think it like you have this label for life that, that you're always going to cheat. Exactly. Exactly. And then opposites attract. I'd love to know what you think about that. You know, I used to think, no, I used to think like similar personalities, similar everything, but I actually started to learn, like, you don't want to like date the exact same person. Like you don't want to date your clone. You don't want to date your twin. And sometimes like they might not have to be like complete opposites, like grew up on a different side of the world, have nothing in common, but like let's say like I'm super outgoing and really loud and I like to be like the center of attention. And my boyfriend, Jake is the opposite of that. Like he's super, he's not like super quiet, but he's not going to be the one like taking up the conversation, taking up the space and 
like, I think if he was, that'd be, it'd be too much of both of us, you know, we'd be competing for attention all the time. And so I do think in that sense, like it's, it's almost like complimentary personalities. Yeah. I, that's how I feel. So I'm also in a relationship and I'm kind of the opposite of you. I'm the quiet reserved, like I just like, listen, if I'm in a crowd, I'm not really contributing to the conversation as much, but then my boyfriend's like such a people person and he's very extroverted. And so Mm -hmm. he like pulls me out of my shell. And then I think I like tone him down sometimes too. So I think that in that sense, opposites attract, but like you have to have common values or like, you know, you can't be like two completely different people. Exactly. 100%. And what's your dating history like? Because I know you're in a relationship now, but were you like a serial dater? Were you single for a while? Like, it's funny. So I I mean, like I was in a serious relationship in high school for whatever you count that as. Um, No relationships throughout college. And then I basically had like a really, like a few years of being in like really toxic, shitty dating situations or like consistently getting screwed over, being lied to, cheated on, manipulated, like, I had had a really tough time and I definitely was not like a relationship girl. I I wanted to be, I wanted to be the type of person who was just like going from one relationship to the next, but I was getting myself in. I I kept kind of going after the same type of person who was not looking for commitment, was not Mm -hmm. looking for anything serious, was not ready for that. And they would tell me that sometimes. And I would be like, okay, challenge accepted. And other times they wouldn't tell me that. And I would think that we were dating. I'd be meeting their families thinking we were in a relationship, plot twist, we were not. So I made a lot of kind of mistakes in the people I was going for, but I also learned so much from it. But um, yeah, I think for a really long time, especially being like a, a public face in, in the dating world, my brand was being single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's definitely, it's, it's been a change this year, which is great. Yeah. And do you think, okay, kind of going back to what you were saying with like, you thought you were dating, but you really weren't. Do you think that the person has to ask you like where boyfriend and girlfriend were in a relationship for it to be official? Because I know that there, there's some debate with that too. Like you have to officially ask. There needs to be a conversation. Like yeah. you can never assume. It does not matter if the guy asks, if the girl asks, if, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, whatever, but it, it literally doesn't matter who brings up the conversation, but there has to be a conversation. I think I I ran some polls on my Instagram and it was like, have you ever assumed that you were like exclusive with somebody? And it was like 97% yes. And it's like, then I asked if you assumed when did you find out that you were correct? And it was like 80% no. You can literally (laughs) never assume that you are exclusive with somebody. You have to have the conversation. I totally agree. And I'm someone that like, to me, it's kind of like to a fault where I'm like, okay, we need to have this conversation. Sometimes I feel like it's even too early, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need to talk about this because I am not someone that like hooks up with multiple people. Like I'm not, I'm not talking to multiple people. So for me, I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time if you're not on the same page as me and you're like going to go out and do whatever you want. So like, I always try to have those conversations as early as possible. And I've like brought it up first, like yeah. many times. And like, I don't care because I'd rather get it out of the way and like, know if I'm wasting my time or not. Exactly. It's so much better to know. Cause also if you're not, if you're not asking, then you're sitting there like almost eating yourself alive with the anxiety of like, when are they going to ask? What are they thinking? It's like, just ask. And then you'll get yeah. an answer. And even if it's not the answer you want, at least it is an answer. Right. But what's funny is, so my boyfriend, he brought up being exclusive. It was on our sixth 
to date. But then like a month or so goes by and I'm like, okay, like, I don't understand. Like, why hasn't he like, like mentioned anything about us actually being in a relationship? Like, when is this talk going to happen? Like, it definitely got way more serious after that exclusive conversation. But it's like maybe six weeks later and I finally look at him and I'm like, are you going to ask me to be your girlfriend yet or what? And he goes, oh, I thought you were my girlfriend. <laughs> I know. I feel like I, I like an official ask. I'm like, I don't want any questions. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, you thought that that's great for you, but I had no idea. <laughs> like, I know. I know. That's how I am. I'm like, I need to like verbally hear the words like girlfriend, boyfriend yes. before I make any assumptions. So, yeah. but I know some people like aren't like that. They're just like, okay, I think that we are. And I'm like, it's like, it is what it is. Like great for those people who can do that. But the majority of you are lying to yourself. So yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> I know. And have you always been like re- good at dating advice or giving dating advice or how did that happen? Like, how did you become this like dating advice expert? So it was kind of an accident. I worked in the music industry for a few years and loved it and then hated it. And realized I really needed to get far away from the music industry in order to even like want to listen to music again. And so I wanted to use like the same skills, but just in a different kind of field. And so what I was doing in music was I was doing a lot of content creation. I was doing video editing. I was doing design stuff and social media management. And I was really struggling with my dating life at the time, but I was also the friend that all my friends would go to not even necessarily for dating advice, but just if there was something going on in their dating lives, because they knew that I was the friend who would want to talk about it, who would want to be there for them, who would want to care about it and and really like listen for as many hours as they needed to talk about it. Just because like, it was something I was always interested in, like the concept of love and relationships and like finding your person, especially when I was struggling. So I ended up stumbling upon this job description for Hinge, they were hiring a video and content producer. And I didn't realize that a lot of it was going to be like on camera and talking about dating, even though I think it was in the job description. So I should have really paid attention to that (laughs) bullet. But I kind of got there and they were like, okay, like go make video content, like go talk about dating. And for, I think the first like six months to a year, I kept it really surface level and just talked about like, why do people ghost? Like, how can you not ghost? Or how do you define the relationship? Blah, blah, blah. And then what was going through a breakup and I decided like, you know what? I'm struggling right now. Like maybe it'd be nice for them to see like me actually talking about my dating life and that I'm having a hard time. And so I opened up about it and like in this one Instagram story video on the Hinge account, and we got like hundreds of messages from people being like, I felt so alone. Like I'm going through this too. It's so nice to see that like, I'm not the only one, like, thank you for talking about this. And I kind of realized like the more I could open up about what I was experiencing, the more it would actually help people and the more people would relate to it. And so I kind of started to just, I totally pivoted like the whole strategy and started to just make dating content about my actual experiences and the ups and the downs. And that really helped people feel less alone and like they could look to me, not necessarily for dating advice specifically, but just as like a friend, as someone who's in the trenches with them. And um, I ended up starting a podcast at Hinge called Dating Sucks, where I did exactly that. And then now I have my own podcast called Seeing Other People. And it's not about being a dating expert. There are a lot of dating experts, dating coaches out there. I don't consider myself that, though I do have like the 10,000 hours of experience. It's more so like I am on everyone's journey with them. You know, like I want to 
make sure people feel like they're not alone, like what they're experiencing is normal and that they're going to be okay in the end. Yeah, I love that. And I think for a brand like Hinge to even allow you to, you know, be that vulnerable on the internet on their account and on their, you know, under their brand, I think is really cool because people relate to that more than just like a what to expect on your first date or like how to cope when you're being ghosted and like three exactly. tips. Like those can be helpful sometimes if someone's going through it, but like people want to feel like they're talking to a friend. And I feel like that's probably what you provided on like this big, huge brands account. Yeah, it was really cool of them to do that. And it was like right when Hinge was starting to really take off and they had been around for a while, but like it, everything was really like shooting up there. And it, it was just an amazing experience, like being able to have that much control and freedom to do that. They no longer have social media. So if you go to look for those videos, they will not be there, but <laughs> I'm still here. So I didn't know they don't have social media at all. No, since last November, December, they wiped everything clean. Wow. I did not know that. Interesting. And they wiped everything clean, including me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you know what? You are now doing your own podcast. And I think that you probably have so much more freedom in doing that as well. And like having people you want on talking yeah. about whatever you want. So how has that been like going from working for a company? And I know you were in the music industry, then Hinge to working for yourself. Honestly, it's been the most rewarding and incredible experience ever. It definitely isn't easy. I'm really grateful that I'm so passionate about what I do. I think anyone who starts their own thing will tell you that if if you're not passionate about what you're doing, there's just no way it's going to happen. Like you have to really wake up every day. Like I don't have a boss I'm reporting into. I don't have anyone telling me what to do. I have to wake up, put my to-do list together and it's on me to get everything done. It's on me to do the work. It's on me to put it out there. It's on me to figure out what my goals are and where I want to take this thing in six months, in a year, um, in a week. And yeah, I mean, I will say it was amazing at Hinge in the beginning when I did have that creative freedom. But over time, as as companies grow, there are a lot more opinions and you kind of have to get things approved by like 20 more people than you did in the beginning. And so it definitely um, let me feeling a bit like creatively held back. And I kind of wasn't able to do the things that I was doing in the beginning there, which was part of the reason I want, I, I wanted to go out on my own, but then I got let go anyway. And it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's a silver lining to it. Yes. It was definitely weird. Like, I'm not going to lie. I thought I had the most job security in the world. It was not my choice to leave. Um, my job description was literally the face of hinge. I was like, I'm going to, I can, I'm going to be here as long as I want to be here. Like they're not getting rid of me. And, um, they decided to shut down social media completely. And so I was on the chopping block, but it was the biggest blessing in disguise. And even during that conversation of me letting go, like getting let go, I felt like a 200 pound weight lifted off of my shoulders because I was like, I wasn't, I didn't have the balls to do this myself, but mm. now I can go build what I want and make what I want and create all the content in the world that will help people with dating. And yeah. that's what I'm doing. Do you think that that like, push is something that some people might need or is it how how else would you say to like try to find your passion if let's say you're not let go you know like what what yeah. are those like pushes that people need to really discover what they want to do yeah well to answer your question yes I do think a lot of people need need that push I 1000% needed it I knew what I wanted to do but I did not have the balls to do it at all and I kind of consider this like a breakup that 
I couldn't do myself, but that needed to happen. And yeah, I think if you're you're trying to do something else, if you want to do something on your own, but you don't know where to start or you don't know if you can fully dive into it, I think doing as much as you can while having that other job as your safety net, like do it on the side, do it in the mornings, at night, on the weekends. And once you feel like you are kind of, you've hit the max of what you can do in your spare time. And in order to take it to the next level, you really need to fully dedicate like your working hours, your creative energy, your drive to it. That's when you know, like it is time to make that your full thing. Yeah. I think that that's so true. And like some people look at, you know, getting let go as something that's a really, really bad thing. And in in some cases, obviously it can be, but I do think like in this case, it, kind of taught you that you needed to go off and do your own thing. And like, here you are. And I feel like you're actually like doing it and you're successful in it. So I think that that's awesome. And I know you started your hinge career, I guess your dating advice career being super vulnerable. So how is that being so open on the internet? Because you're, I mean, putting everything out there, there's thousands and the hundreds of thousands, millions of people that can be listening to, you know, your dating struggles and like yeah. how you're feeling. So like, does, is that ever scary? Like being very vulnerable on the internet? It scares the shit out of me, but I know that it's worth it. There are a few different things about it. So when I first started talking about dating or even before I started talking about my dating experiences, but just started talking about dating on the internet when I was at Hinge, I decided for myself, like I never want to be in a position where somebody does not want to date me because of my job. You know, like I didn't want to be out there spilling details about dates, like talking shit about somebody or like revealing private things, you know, like my private life is my private life, but more so the people in my life, their lives stay private, but mine and things that I feel and that I experience, I kind of feel like I can take ownership of sharing those stories if they're going to help people. But no, it is really weird. I think There are some times where like I feel way more comfortable talking to a microphone and to uh, another podcast host or just to my phone, like camera um, about something versus like talking to my friends about it or talking to my boyfriend about it or my parents. I think my parents have learned a lot about me (laughs) and my dating life, which is super weird, but it's really tough. It is really scary to put yourself out there. It is really scary to say like, this is something that happened to me. This is something that impacted me. This is something that I struggled with. But at the end of the day, I know that doing so is going to make somebody feel better. And and that's the thing is like, if it positively impacts one person or makes one person's day or one person's struggle a little less painful, then like it is absolutely so worth it because I know how much I've struggled. I know how much pain I've been in in some of my dating experiences. And like to have anything help make those moments a little less terrible, it, it changes everything. Oh yeah. I mean, so many people probably have felt so much less alone listening to your podcast, watching your stories, like, because you are being so vulnerable and it's a lot of things that people don't normally share. Like, unless you're talking to like your best friend, you're not ever getting that personal with anyone. So I think that Mm -hmm. it can really, really help people feel less alone. Have you ever noticed that anyone like doesn't want to date you because of what you're sharing or like is like scared to go on a date with you because you're like, am I going to end up on the podcast? Like anything like that? 
I, I have had guys in the past, like on dating apps ask like, oh, are you going to live tweet our date? Or like, if I say something, like if I fuck up, is, am I going to hear about it on Spotify the next day? And it's like, only here's the thing is like, only if you really, really do something like where, where it's just like, come on. I went on a date, I think in January with this guy who we were talking about like what we do and, and all that. And we were talking about different dating experiences. One thing about my dates that is different from most people is like, we end up talking a lot about dating and past relationships and like the shit we've each been through just because it's, it's a topic that like you can't avoid with me. Mm-hmm. But one guy asked if I was, we were talking about like shit that we've been through. And he, he literally said like, yeah, you have a lot to work through. You should really stay in therapy. <laughs> what did you say? Like if I was in, like at, in that room, I would just be like, I'm, I'm leaving. Like, I don't know. Like what? Yeah. See, the thing is it was, it was deep COVID and it was January. So he was actually in my living room. <laughs> so I couldn't really leave. I think I probably just like took a big gulp of my wine and changed the subject. But then like 20 minutes later, he was like, so are you going to talk about our date on the podcast? I go, yeah, if anything, I'm going to say that I went on a date with this guy who told me I needed to stay in therapy. Yeah. What? That is so rude. Some people yeah. have no filter. None. Like, and it's okay to have almost no filter, but like there are some things you just don't say to people, you know? Yeah. And that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he actually texted me a week later saying he was surprised I didn't ask him on a second date. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Things like that. I mean, I once told somebody, I went on a date with someone I thought he knew what I did and he didn't. And then I like was telling him like, yeah, like I'm live tweeting our date tonight. Like I thought you knew that. And he was like, wait, are you actually like, shut up. And I'm like, yeah, I actually am. And he like starts to open the hinge Twitter and it was so funny. And I, w- I was like, oh my God, I'm not live tweeting our date. He's like, wait, I was literally about to send it to all my friends to tune in. Like, I thought that'd be the greatest thing in the world. That's so <laughs> funny. That's always nice when they're like a good sport about it. And yeah, no, I think people also know like, yeah, unless you do something that's like really messed up and bad, like I'm not, you're not going to talk about like, oh, I went to dinner and like, it was good. Like, that's like not something right. you're going to, you're going to say, like, maybe you'll say it in passing, but you're not like giving details on yeah. that unless they said something like super, super horrible. 100%. And do your parents listen to the podcast? I'm assuming. They used to listen a lot more. I think they can't keep up now, honestly, but they'll listen to some episodes here and there. And then they'll like ask me some questions. I know, I think the biggest like dedicated listeners right now are my boyfriend's parents. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I know his mom listens to like every single episode and like, so do her friends, Um, which is really, it's it's really sweet. And I do appreciate it, but it's like, it's just a reminder, like anything that you put out on the internet, like it's there. People are going to hear it and you have to, you do have to be careful about what you say. Obviously I'm not saying anything bad about him, but um, that was one thing that was really like special in, in the relationship I'm in now is like, he really took an interest to what I was doing and like was really supportive about it. And he, since I think our first date has listened to every single episode and he, I think in the beginning was like, wait, like, why haven't you talked about me? Yet? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know you wanted me to talk about you. He's like, no, like, please talk about me. I'm like, if you're actually okay with it, then yes, I will. But you have to really be careful about other people's feelings and, and all that. Yeah, I know. I have, so I have a boyfriend and I do YouTube and, you know, I'm on Instagram and on the podcast, but I really don't share that much about him. I look, he's been in videos of mine and like, you know, people know who he is. Like he's gotten recognized at 
like bars before they're like are you oh my god boyfriend I'm like that is so weird like that <laughs> before like coming up to you but you know so I'm I'm like private about it but I'm not like hiding him either so right. I think there's like a fine line between like not wanting anyone to know that you're dating or like in a relationship and then like just not making that the centerpiece do you think so I'm always conflicted on this do you think that a acting like you're or pretending you're not in a relationship would help your career or b being really open about your relationship would help your career. I think being open helps your career more. I think because people love like couple channels and like people love like learning about like, oh, are they together? Are they not together? Like being single, it's like so many people are single, like whatever, it's not Mm -hmm. that unique. But when you're in a relationship, people want to know. Like I've seen so many funny like TikToks about like when you're like laying in bed and you wake up and you're like, oh my God, this like random couple that I don't know, like hasn't posted a photo in so long. Like, let me go check if they're still together. And I think that people really are invested, even if they don't actually know you or they don't actually care. It's just something about like, oh, if they break up, like, I wonder what happened. Or I wonder like whose fault it was. And you know, things like that, like people are nosy. It it is tough. I've, I've always decided what to do. And even when I was single, it, it was like, okay, like I don't want to, jeopardize like any dating situations. I don't want to put myself in the position for somebody to not want to date me, but I know that there are other people who openly talk about their dating experiences and their careers are going like straight through the roof because of it. And if I don't talk about it, then my career is go like my, everything is going to go at a much slower rate, but I'll feel better about myself and I'll be able to sleep at night. Or do I want to just like shoot right up? So it's it's definitely tough. And I kind of feel the same way now where it's like, I, I even said to Jake, we were just on vacation. And I was like, so are you like so happy? I haven't asked you to make any like TikTok couple videos. He's like, you can, you can do them, but like, we're not doing any dances or anything, but you can come and like, come next to me and say that you're like getting a tattoo of my name or something and get my reaction. I'm like, oh, you're okay with that? Okay, cool. I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like things like that. Like Keon, my boyfriend is like more, it's comfortable with things like that now and stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm not asking him to do like a vlog channel with me or something <laughs> like that, you know? So it's like that that line of like, okay, you're, you'll be in it and people know who you are and like people know yeah. I'm dating, but I'm not like, that's not like what my content is about. But I mean, your podcast is different because like you literally have a dating podcast. So like, it's so- yeah you know, that's such a big part of it. So I think there's ways to do it. Like if being still private, but like sharing details that people want to hear. Yeah. He did come on an episode and we took listener questions about how we met and like every step of our relationship and and all that, which was really fun. He did a great job. I'm proud of him. (laughs) How did you and your boyfriend meet for anyone that hasn't listened to that episode? We actually met on Hinge. Um, It was a few months after I was like, oh, so kind of honestly, nice full circle moment. And yeah, he messaged me. I didn't answer. About a week later, he messaged me again. He was like, figured I'd try again. And I'm really glad he did because I don't know why I didn't answer, to be honest. He His opening line was that like he also loves the Jonas Brothers. And that was something that was in my profile. And like, why would I not respond to a cute guy who also loves the Jonas Brothers? Um, so that's for anyone listening, like, don't be afraid to double message somebody. You know, like we're all yeah. busy. Sometimes we don't, we don't like, we're not looking at our dating app messages when we're in a position to respond to them or like something else will come up. So, um, definitely send that follow-up message. Um, but then because it was COVID, I was kind of like back and forth between my parents' house and my apartment. But because of that, I couldn't really see anybody. So 
we talked for a bit. He asked me out and I was like, this is going to sound crazy. But like, I can't really like go on a date for six weeks, but I'll text you then. And he thought he was never going to hear from me again. Um, but I did follow up and we ended up going on a date in the beginning of February. It was 20 degrees. We sat outside at a restaurant. We <laughs> talked about how cold we were the entire time. It was not a great date, but, um, he texted me right after like 20 minutes later being like, I had a great time despite the cold and I'd love to see you again. And when I got that text, I was like, this is the most refreshing thing in the world. I don't have to go to sleep, wake up, go through the whole anxiety up and down period of not knowing if I'm going to hear from this guy. Like, he already told me he wants to go on a second date, like fine, done. And he did the same thing after the second date. I was going away. I was going to be home and, and visiting family for like three and a half weeks. And he was like, I know you're going home and away and you'll be gone for a few weeks, but I'd love to stay in touch while you're gone and see you when you're back. And I'm like, great, I can work with that. Yeah. Do you think if a guy doesn't do that, if he's not like texting you afterwards and like keeping up with you until the next time he asks you out that he's not interested? It's circumstantial. It definitely is circumstantial, but more often than not, if they're not like, if they're not letting you know they had a good time and that they want to see you again, it's like, maybe they are not a good communicator. Maybe they're not looking for something serious. Maybe you're not the only person they're dating. You know, like I think there are a lot of different things that it could be, but if somebody wants to see you again, they will make that clear. Mm -hmm. I always think like, if someone likes you, it's going to be obvious. Like, yeah, you shouldn't have to wonder if they like you, like, especially if it's been multiple dates, if you don't know, I mean, it's, it's just a no, like, just move on. Yep. Like, I think it's, it's not happening. Well, and that's the thing is right. When I started dating him, I, there were, I think for like our first two or three dates, I, I was going on, I had just gone on dates with this other guy and it like three dates with this other guy who I was obsessing over. I'm like, when is Brian going to text me? Like, what if I don't see him before I go away? Like I thought our last date was great, but like, maybe he doesn't think so. And I was just going crazy, making up all these scenarios in my head, ha having all these questions, constantly checking my phone. And like, I thought I liked him so much, but I was just like obsessing over how anxious I was about him. I didn't actually mm -hmm. like him. I just wanted the validation of him wanting to see me again. But like, I didn't like him. And yeah, he didn't want to see me again, which is why I was so anxious because I like knew that. And it was such a like great timing for me, honestly, to see the contrast of like, this guy communicating and telling me he wants to see me again and, and me feeling so comfortable and relaxed. And like, I could just totally like be good in between the dates. And that was something I really hadn't experienced before. And it was just like such a good sign, you know? Yeah, no, that's, I, I really believe that like, if you're going on a date and the other person like doesn't text you afterwards or like, doesn't talk to you within the next day, I'm like, it's, probably not a good sign. But do you do you have any rules like that with dating? Like, do you have like, oh, the guy has to text first or like any first date rules or like they should pay like any rules like that? So hot take, but I do not believe in dating rules. And I know that frustrates a lot of people in the dating, coaching, dating advice world. But I really think that every situation, every person is different. Every person's previous experiences are different. And all of those really shape who we are. And how we feel about things. And if we think we can text first, if we need to wait for them to text first, things like that. So I really do think that everything is fully circumstantial and, and really depends on who the people are and what they're feeling. But yeah, if you are feeling really anxious, it's probably not a good sign. If mm -hmm. you are feeling super comfortable and at ease and like safe with somebody, that's an amazing sign. 
if somebody is communicating, it might scare you, but it's something you should run towards and not away from. And I know sometimes I've, I've told the story of, of Jake, like following up after a date and people have been like, I feel like I think that's so aggressive that he's like, all, like immediately saying he wants to see you again. And I'm like that, but like, you need to accept that. Like it, 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 you would think it's aggressive because it's different. It's different than what every shitty person you've dated has done to you. And when you ha- experience something different, that's like probably a good thing, especially if you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's kind of my thing is like, there really are no rules. It's because like we're all so different and we've all been through so much that it's impossible to make one set of rules. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate playing games or like, oh, well, he texted me back in like five minutes. So I'm going to wait 10 minutes yeah, nope, or, nope. or like rereading every single text that you send or making sure like, oh, I'm only going to use one exclamation mark and like not, I'm just like, to me, I am so not a game person. I don't care what I sound like because at the end of the day, like if they don't like me, then I don't want them. Like it's like yep. if if they're not gonna like who I am or like how I text or whatever, if that's gonna throw them off, then like they're probably not the one for me. So like exactly. I do not care. So like I don't care about double texting. I don't care about texting first. Like yep. I just I don't know. I think that that honestly ruins things so much more than just being yourself and seeing who likes you for being you. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I don't know. I I hate playing games. Like I'll like be giving my friends advice and they're like, well, what should I say? Or like, what should I do? Or should I wait? Or should I'll, I'll see tomorrow. I'm like, just do whatever you want. Like just whatever you're feeling, like just do it. (laughs) It's also like, if you're, here's the thing. Like we, we get wrapped up in the group chat and the group chat of our friends and sending like, okay, he texted me. What should I say? And here's the thing you're sending that to your friends. Let's say there's five people in the chat. Those five people that aren't you all have different experiences. They all have different ways that they date. So you are going to end up with such a bizarre like communication style because it's a mix of five people who are totally different. And whatever you're sending back is going to be so not you. And you really have to be careful about that. And I know it's something that we all really do. And I know all the time people will text me and be like, what should I say to this guy, to this girl? And I'll be like, what I will do is I will say, you write it first and then send it to me. And if there's anything you need to change, I'll let you know. But I will never just like write a text for somebody, you know, because like that's me, it's not them. So I'm always like, what are you thinking of saying? Mm -hmm. And then nine out of 10 times, I'm like, okay, say that, go send it now. And they're like, should I wait? I'm like, no, just press send. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, one thing I noticed is I, I kind of, with Jake, I changed from like asking my friends, like, oh my God, like, what do I say? Should I wait to being... Like instead I would just respond and then I would send them a a screenshot of what I actually responded. Yeah. I think that's so much better. Cause like, obviously you want your friends in the loop and, you know, especially if it's something Mm -hmm. new, but I don't think that the whole like waiting and like having people draft a text just ever helpful. It's never going to end well. I feel like when that's the way that you're like constantly communicating with that person. So I don't know. I'm very like anti games and I mean, do you have a Snapchat? <laughs> I have a Snapchat. I don't use it often. I definitely did at one point in my life. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't use Snapchat really anymore at all, but there are so many people that I know also like are like, oh, well, like, let me like wait until I open it or all of that. You know, it's just like, 
I hate that. I'm like, I, I don't know. think anyone is like really paying attention on the other end of it. Like, oh my God, no. they responded so quickly. Like, I don't like them anymore. Especially not guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> anybody no, with true. a penis does not care if you open your Snapchat or respond to the text immediately. They do not care. They are not noticing. They have no clue that you did that. I know. No, it's so true though. It's so funny. Like I, that's why I'm always just like, whenever you see it, whenever you want to respond, whatever you want to say, just do it. I mean, don't be like, I always, I don't recommend anyone to be like desperate, like get a right. hint also. Like if they're not responding to you, like don't send them 10 texts. Cause right. that's a bad sign. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a double text, a triple text is okay. If like you were saying something and then you thought of something else or you saw something you wanted to send them or had an idea, but if they're not answering, like, don't just keep like, pinging them or being like, like, what are you up to this weekend? Like, I really want to see you. Like, yeah. <laughs> how's your day? Like, obviously think in, in a realistic, like practical way about it. Right. But also, also be, be aware, um, be self-aware and, and think kind of if the roles were flipped and they were texting you over and over and over, try just kind of trying to like get something out of you. Like that might not be the best thing. Right. And I know you and your boyfriend met on a dating app. What do you think makes like a good dating profile? Or do you have things that make a bad dating profile, good dating profile? Oh, yes. I think, okay, my first thing, and and I'm like known for hating fish pictures, like any, any guys listening to this, get the fish off of your dating app profile. <laughs> Nobody, no girl has ever looked at a fish on a profile and been like, ooh, that guy has caught a really big fish. Like I want to talk to him. Like that's just not how it works. I understand that guys have fewer opportunities to take photos as opposed to girls, but um, yeah, no, I think anytime, like you don't want to just try and be funny. Like I get it. You're trying to put your best foot forward. You're trying to create a profile that is going to like get someone's attention. But like anytime you say anything like, like anything that's kind of oh, that you've seen on anyone else's profile should not be on your profile. Don't use common things. Don't reference the office or like Jim and Pam. Like office. (laughs) First of all, everyone's sick of seeing that. Second of all, it really like, it's not a personality trait. It doesn't say anything about you. And you want to remember like your profile is your introduction. It's like your first, it's almost like your first conversation with somebody and you want to show them, you want to show them who you are through pictures of you in different settings, you doing things. Yes. Have some pictures with friends because those people are a big part of your world, but maybe like limit it to two. But with your prompts and your bio, like definitely actually tell somebody something about yourself. Like, who are you? What makes you happy? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? What's something that makes you different from anyone else? Um, And I think a really good tool, because we're all terrible at starting conversations on dating apps, is asking questions in your prompt answers and in your bio. So if it's like my typical Sunday is like walking off the hangover heading to the gym and then ordering in, what are you ordering in on a Sunday? Something like, like just anything to spark conversation saying like your favorite thing to do or your favorite type of food is pizza. Like what's your favorite pizza spot in town? Something like that. Uh, anything that can, that anyone can really like start a conversation off of or easily respond to is so helpful. Mm-hmm. What's the worst response that you've gotten on like a, a, your dating profile like worse like somebody messaged me something back to something I had um, or like yeah someone like liked you and said something that like was just so cringy or like they responded back to you something horrible like do you have any of those I okay so nothing that's like 
to like what is wrong with humans. But I definitely got a lot of like, I think people, some people like did recognize me, especially having a a hinge profile and being the hinge girl. So like some people would be like, like, wow, are you still getting ghosted? Or like, so it's not, it's like definitely not working out. Like you're not taking your own advice either. If you're still on here, like they would kind of be like playful about it, but like in a condescending way. Yeah. Um, Or like, are you going to, some people would be like, are you going to write memes about me? And like about our first date, which like, that was funny. That was totally welcome. But um, nothing to me that was super like, what is wrong with humanity? But I also think that's because people would know that I would talk about it. Yeah, they did that. But I've definitely seen responses to other people that make me question what is wrong with humanity. (laughs) Yeah, my friend Tasha, she has like a TikTok and she always like shares like responses that she's gotten. And Mm -hmm. one of her prompts is like tastefully roast me because she just like loves a good roast. And I'm like, you're setting yourself up for some mean things. But some of them are just so funny and like, so like, okay, this was not like a okay, be a jerk. This was like a, <laughs> trying yeah. to be a little funny, but it's just like some responses that people write are, I just like, can't imagine someone typing this out and like hitting send. I, I fully, fully understand that. I will say I took my friend's profile or his dating app once and his name's Jared. And I went through and was like messaging girls and we were like day drinking. Like we were just like being silly. And I messaged, like, I think I messaged five girls just something like totally ridiculous. And I said, like, you look like you're holding in a fart in this picture. (laughs) Natalie, five out of five responded (laughs) like positive things. Like they thought it was the greatest opening line they've ever heard. It was crazy. He ended up going on dates with like four of them. I'm not even kidding. It was the weirdest experiment ever. That's so funny. Yeah. I don't like, I I guess some girls either like, you know, the ones that are a little like douchey so they'll respond or it's like something funny and they'll respond so it's just something like you can't ignore like I I bet that they've never gotten that before like yeah that's the first time they've gotten that yeah it's also like oh this guy can talk about poop okay like I can be comfortable like talking about bathroom exactly (laughs) I know it's I mean all girls eventually want to get to that point with a guy so yeah it's it's better to get it off the bat it's Yeah, that was weird though. I, I I don't necessarily recommend that as an opening line, but it was a lesson in like, say something different, mm-hmm. maybe. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Do it that I, way you will. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think so. And before we go, I always ask this question to my guests, but it's what is the realest advice that you've received? So th- in this case, it could be dating advice, life advice, anything. So one thing that my mom always said to me has it has truly like gotten me everywhere in life. Uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. And that's something where the first big thing that happened, I, so I went to Syracuse University. I only wanted to go to Syracuse if I went to their communication school, um, the Newhouse School. And when I initially applied, I didn't get in to that program. And I went to Accepted Students Day and I, um, I told her, I was like, I don't like, there's no point in me being here. Like, I don't want to go. I'm not in new house. And she's like, well, do you think you should be in new house? And I was like, yeah, I think I should have been accepted. She's like, okay, well, like go ask them to reconsider you. And I'm like, that's, that would never happen. Like it's, it's accepted students. Day. They already have their people. And she's like, well, let's just go find out. Like, if you don't ask, you don't get, and I'm like, fine. We went to admissions and I told them, I was like, I really want to be reconsidered for the program. I think I would make a great addition, blah, blah, blah. I sent them some more 
like a, an extra portfolio, an extra recommendation letter, some stuff I've been working on. And about a month later, I got an email uh, that like, they're like, you were right. Like we reconsidered you and we would love to invite you to the new house program. And like that program, that school changed my life. Wow. That's incredible. I love that. And I've heard so many stories like that where job postings have been removed or, you know, even getting rejected from places like in this scenario and Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't hurt to ask the worst case you're back where you are right now, but like the best case is so amazing. So, and it can literally change your life. So I love that advice. I think that's such good advice and I haven't heard it before on the podcast. So I I really love it. it. It got me so many like internships. It got me literal job offers, like into concerts. Um, I mean, I was like, I kind of had an idea, like I want to start a podcast at Hinge because like, yeah, I'm giving like, I'm talking about dating experiences in two minutes and that's helping people. What if I talked about them for an hour? So I asked, like, I was just like, I want to start a podcast. They're like, okay, go start a podcast. I was like, wait, what? It's that easy. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I think if there's anything you want, like, and, and something is in your way and that something could be as simple as like reaching out to somebody and asking, like you have absolutely no reason in the world to not ask. Yeah, no, I love that. And okay, Alana, where can they find you? Where can they find your podcast? Link yes. everything. Um, I'm Alana.dun. So I-L-A-N-A period D-U-N-N everywhere and podcast seeing other people. It's just seeing other people everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This was such a fun episode and I've never had anyone talk about dating on my podcast. So I enjoyed it very, very much. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you for having me. And hopefully I will report back that Barkley has calmed down and that I'm sleeping, but it might not be for a few months. You will. You will. I promise. I'm <laughs> Crossing my paws. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. <laughs>